Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I'm David Ross. And I'm Daniel Bloom. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. Call it treating your ear. Today we're going to explore the beautifully creative sounds and personalities that are Aluna Francis and George Reed. They comprise the group known as Aluna George. This British duo, which I'm skeptical of limiting to a particular genre, we first saw live at Budweiser's Made in America Festival in Philadelphia. It was a blisteringly hot day. As men and women, we were reduced to basic survival skills hydration. Then, when we were at our most parched, Aluna and George walked on stage. Very calmly, she snapped her fingers. The beat underneath dropped, and as she opened her mouth, a resonance in the form of a cool breeze spread throughout the crowd. The following weekend, we counted ourselves as extremely fortunate to debrief with George and Aluna in Washington, D.C., as they were in town to perform to a sold-out crowd at U Street Music Hall. This recording first began in an elevator, and then we continued our ascent into the lobby of the venue, as women from the yoga studio above were filtering out. Namaste. We discussed a plethora of topics, their pulsating album, Body Music, Life Influences, and Aluna also explains that she's not messing about when it comes to tea. So, how about we hear some of her nice-ass voice in George's tight production? Just as they do in their live sets, we begin the show with the song, Just a Touch. Aluna... The mic is now yours. I'm not hard as a rock. I'm just not easy to break. But don't take it as an open invitation to try. Cause I'm just hoping this time that it's all in my mind. I won't find that there's anything to worry about. I want you to be yourself. I love it when I see you. David. In an elevator in the U Street Music Hall in Washington, D.C. This is a good place as any to start the interview, I think. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. We're in the elevator heading up to the lobby, U Street Music Hall. Dan Bloom. David Ross. I'm Aluna. And I'm George. And we're Aluna George. God, you guys are good at that. It's like you've done this before. Yeah, we know who we are, you know? Do you really? That's, let's start this off on a deep... <laughs> Existential? You're a tall drink of water, George. I know, right? She's not too small either, to be fair. No, it's true. But actually, in America, I'm not that tall, I don't think. Compared to, like, the UK. We're a bit shorter in the UK. Yeah. I know jealousy's wrong. 
Okay, so individually, tell us where you're from. Um, well, I'm from a place called Molesey, which is kind of just outside of sort of southwest London. It's right next to a place called Hampton Court, and that's where I grew up and where I live. It's a pretty typical suburb of London, you know. I don't really lay claim to any particular place, but I lived in St Albans for a while. So let's talk about like some of the sounds in the home. What, what were your parents listening to? Like family. My mum had a pretty poor CD collection. It's kind of like Lighthouse Family, mixed in with he had some good stuff like Elton John and Van Morrison. But it was mainly my dad sort of influenced music. He had a lot of Motown and soul. That's what I grew up listening to. Uh, my mum had a few CDs which she held on to every time we moved. So um, we had like a Van Morrison CD. Um, we had. Uh, which Van Morrison album? Um, Man, we had the hits. <laughs> that was it. I think we had Astral Weeks and. And I was strong and merry and jumped the hedges first. And I will drink the clear, clean water for the quench my thirst. And I shall watch the ferry boats and they'll get high. On a blue ocean against tomorrow's sky. And I will never grow so old again. That and the Bob Marley CD and the indestructible beat of Soweto. When did you know that you really wanted to be a vocalist? I, I read that you did a pretty powerful performance of At Last at your mother's wedding. At last My love has come along Yeah, that was like one of my first performances. Made everyone cry. Did you cry? Yeah, I was crying. That's probably why I made everyone cry. I had to keep it together for like three minutes. How old were you? Sing the song. I was like 19. And life is like a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. At last. Are you a big Etta James fan or just like. Yeah, she's awesome. Like, I find that, like, those songs that she sings, um, like At Last and Sunday Kind of Love, um, you can sing them a cappella quite easily because they're really seriously solid songs um, that hold their own without all the instrumental 
I like the character that her she brings to her vocals as well, more so than I find a lot of other singers of her time. I found a dream that I could speak to, a dream that I can call my own. George, how about your origins as a producer or musician? Do you play instruments as well? Yeah, I, I kind of grew up, like my parents sort of let me have music lessons, suggested I learn the piano and guitar, and I kind of hated it when I was a kid because I wanted to learn how to play in blur and didn't really want to learn classical guitar. So it, that all lasted like three years or something like that, then I knocked it on the head and then I sort of picked it up again when I was a teenager, like a lot of people do, and it was... I found it very easy, just I guess because the muscle memory from when I was a kid sort of came to the fore and just kept playing Radiohead songs for, <laughs> for about five years straight and then I sort of learned the basics of how to sort of record music and how to make music on, it was firstly like electronic devices because it was just before everything was available on a computer and via the internet. So I just sort of bumbled along and sort of figured it out as I went along like for, since I was probably 16 or something like that. What are some particular Radiohead songs? Ooh, there's so many. Um, like, huge in, like, inspiration, like just sort of making you go, oh, music can sound like this, and stuff like everything in its right place. of um, sort of mixing the really weird sounds and like scales and harmonies but you've been being able to remember the song at the end so it's kind of that bizarre bedding mixed with really memorable hooks in all the vocals it's, which I guess is why so many people like that band you know it's, yeah. it's really cleverly put together pop music I think <laughs> read somewhere that every great artist performs for an audience of one. Now, who is that one person that you want to impress? It can't be one another. Who's the one person that you really want to impress with your sound? My dad. He's never put too much pressure on me, but he's been so supportive. They just kind of... That's heartwarming. It is a little bit. It, it is. It is. There, there's a song on the album about his dad. Yeah. Nobody gives a damn, nobody gives him credit where it's due I'll be his number one fan, even if it makes me look a fool And I could never ask for more Uh, this song's called Superstar, how about that? Cause when I'm sick and tired of life, he's got the cure He's 
is it I'm singing to? I mean, I tend to not imagine things that aren't actually happening. There'll be like individuals in the audience I'm singing to. They're the people that are important, not some one person in my imagination. Do they know? Because sometimes you've always been in a concert and you're like, oh my God, she just looked at me. That's amazing. Yeah, I look at people because I found that um, in the bigger audiences, I would get really stressed and scared. So I thought maybe I would just try and find one person. And that actually really calmed me because I was like, oh, okay, well, if you're there, then there's probably lots of other people just like you and you're not scary, you're cool. I'll go when I want to. Don't be surprised when I race you. Cause I wait and I look and I run. Better not play if you think you've been done. I'll move cause I like you. I won't be denied if it don't fit. Cause I feel and I touch and I live. Describe the first face-to-face interaction that you all had. We were in a cafe and um, we just, we just like didn't really talk to each other at all. We said hi, said our names and then the guy who had brought us together, who I was working with musically at the time, did some talking. There was quite a lot of silence, I'd imagine, like sipping of coffee. You're listening to Madcap. I'm Dan Bloom, alongside my co-host David Ross, and we are speaking with the group Aluna George. Aluna and George first hit the consciousness of many music fans through their collaboration with Howard and Guy Lawrence, better known as the heavy-hitting duo Disclosure. This track is called White Noise. Basically, when I first met Aluna, I didn't meet Aluna. I met the guy she was working with a bit more. And then, I think the first time she came round and like we started to make music together after that point. first like deep conversation was about how to make tea mm. and <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> let's talk about it that's so british i love that <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
You guys have an electric kettle? What? Uh, do you have an electric tea kettle? That stunned me when I went to Britain. Everybody had an electric kettle, and I was like, I know, I What is this thing where you put like a thing on gas and yeah. then you pour from that? And I mean, it's barbaric, come isn't on. it? I know. Gas and more. We're way behind. I always think that your kettle is broken when you when that happens. I'm like, oh. like some horrible shrieking sound and yeah, the yeah. whistle thing. That is so old school. <laughs> get get with the tea. Well, it's, it's pretty basic, you know, it's kind of... You don't know how to make tea, and I know how to make tea. That's, that's it, that's basic. <laughs> it's different strokes for different folks, you know. It's, I love it. This is tea shit talking right here. <laughs> you know about tea. It's basic, she likes it strong as hell, and I think that if you let the, the bag brew for that long, that you get all the weird glues coming off the bag, and you get this weird scummy stuff on top, and... She can vibe off it, but... <laughs> I found um, a tea brand the other day that was actually called Builder's Tea in, in Britain, and I went crazy. I was like, the job's done. I don't have to leave it in there too long. It's going to be as black as the night within a few minutes. And I'm afraid I'm, I'm struggling here with your tea bags. Understandable. Um, no offense I love America, but I do not like your tea fact. Understood. Don't you about so the artistic process now you say you do have a deadline you're know saying to produce something or something like that like what puts you in the in the right state of mind to create um, I think it's different things for both of us like to be fair like half the reason we carried on sort of working together when we met each other was it was really easy and really fun to write music with each other and the ingredients we had when we first started writing were me, you, a room, and a computer, and a guitar. Yeah. Is this the bedroom? Was this the bedroom? This yeah. is the bedroom, yeah. <laughs> it's not really a lot, and I don't think that any other time that we've written we've added any more ingredients than that, apart from you doing a silly, silly comedy song, or me... What do I bring? A, a new dance, most of the time. Like, it, that's the thing, the process has stayed very similar, like, we've changed studio a couple of times, but it's still a computer and a microphone and a keyboard or a guitar at the end of the day. And, you know, like, it's quite easy. as long as we're given a little bit of time to do something, we have a laugh, and that's kind of how the music some, gets some made. people would say quite a lot of time. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's because we were given the time to write it. Like, we were, we were like, okay, the album's done, and they're like, cool. You got another four months to carry on, so we we carried on writing some songs, and like a few of them happened to end up on the album. What's the longest you've sat on a production, just like, well, like on, on an individual song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird because what we do, we'll we'll write the song and have a demo and have like the most important parts of it sorted, and we go, all right, let's move on to the next one. We'll do like the ten percent another time, but with your drums, your love, that ten percent had to wait about a year and a half, I think, or like a year until. 
we finished that song because I, I was putting you it. You weren't working on it for that long. No, I was just putting it off. <laughs> <laughs> This is Madcap with Aluna George. It is often said that the best writers write about what they know. Here, Aluna tells a pretty funny story about what inspired the song Attracting Flies from their album Body Music. I was just sitting downstairs um, listening to my flatmate tell me her tales of woe. And I was trying to be very good. I didn't say anything. And I was just, just listening to all of it. And I was listening to this, like, the way this guy was, like, doing stuff. And then she was kind of quizzing him, like, did you do this? And he's like, no. But then, like, <laughs> and then and then leave his hotmail, like, open. <laughs> oh, shit. So, so this email here to this girl that you said you're not seeing and the woman you were saying you're going to see them tomorrow, uh, you didn't do that? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Caught red-handed. This guy's not even trying. Then he'd be like, they'd be like, but I just want you back. I really want you back. I'm like, and that's, he just said that and that's it. But I didn't say anything at the time and I went away and this metaphor, the everything you exhale is attracting flies kind of came out and I, I was like passionately against him writing that song and I was trying to kind of write it from what she should be saying. Because I could tell she was being very understanding when she was telling me this story. She wasn't very angry. I was like, I'm not angry about this. I'm angry for you. These days is your moment. I'll give you all the listening that you need. Don't be a showman. Who needs the drama? Who said you had to bleed? I'm excited. Come on, surprise me. Sweep me off my feet. Does he know? No. We gotta find him and tell him. Does she know? No. She hasn't heard the track? She's heard the track. Oh, snap. Well, if he comes to the show, just sing it to him. So, <laughs> so, so he knows. All right. Um. the very first song on this record that you wrote? On this record, what was the first one? Probably... We are chosen. That's not on it. It's a um, um, bad idea. It would have been the first one we did. 
Is that uh, symbolic in some way? <laughs> the yeah. first track is called Bad Idea. Bad Idea. I like that. It's kind of contrarian. Um, that song was uh, an early ex- about an early experimentation of having some backing singers. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Got it. Pardon me. Would you listen, please? I'll keep this easy now. Keep this fight. I'm gonna have to let you go. Cause you've been dragging like that word. You didn't shut it when you knew you should. Individually, what was the, think back, what was the best birthday that you've ever had? Ooh, I don't know which one it was, but it was the Mad Hatter's tea party, and the tea had absinthe in it. Absinthe is the aphrodisiac of the cell. The green fairy who lives in the absinthe. You are safe with me. My best birthday was probably, like, again, I can't remember how old I was actually turning, but an old band of mine got asked to do a gig, and it just so happened to be on my birthday, and we had an absolute riot doing it. So that was my favourite. And what was the last song to make it on this record? Lost and Found. Some of the random jobs that you all had individually to make ends meet in the in the road to where you are now. 
Um, well, actually, my my manager was just watching me fold the merchandise T-shirt. She's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "What?" She's like, "You're folding the T-shirts." I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah. I used to run a T-shirt company. Uh, run a, no, not run the company, but sell the T-shirts on the market uh, markets in London. So um, yeah, folding T-shirts all day, boxes of them, trying to make kind of makeshift um, stands." Follow-up question: Reflexology. Yes. Is that also part of your uh, vocational background? Mm-hmm. Do you know what reflexology is? David, you want to something to do with feet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's points on your feet that like relate to all the parts in your body, and if you manipulate them, it's good for you. It's very relaxing. Nice. Have you ever done a foot massage? Uh, she's. It's quite funny. All of us. Um, was it last year? All of us boys, we had teeth problems. We've all had teeth removed since. So we'd always, one of us would have a severe moan and a toothache and she'd be like, oh, come on then. Like, <laughs> grab our feet and just like, give us a little rub. Better? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good skill, man. It's very good. I've, I've got nothing like that in my bag of tricks. Um, I can fold t-shirts. I think I could... We could have a fold off. Should we have a fold off? I was shit at doing that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Fold off. This shit can get real, real quick. Oh, I have that shirt. Are those the U Street Music Hall tanks? Yes. Third anniversary (laughs) tanks in the house. Past job for you? Well, yeah. No, I worked in retail. Um, I've been a musician for other people as well, but I've managed to dodge doing real work quite well. Okay, last question from me. Best show that you guys have ever played? I think, Reading. yeah, we're, pretty, we're both agreed it. We played Reading Festival recently. About an hour and a half outside London. It's just everyone's sort of first festival. Uh, it tends to be like when yeah, you're around 16, Yeah, that's what 15, 16 year olds. There's one in Reading and one in Leeds as well, which is like in the north of the country. And um, it, it, I don't know why, it was just super special. We had a, an amazing crowd um, and a huge tent. And it, it was it was kind of towards the end of our European festival run. It might, it might have even the last show we did in Europe. And it was just brilliant. It's hard to say. Like the crowd were fantastic. It all went well. Yeah, and it's quite a pressure because they always have a consistently good lineup. You know, the the bands that have been big that year, and then some kind of big legends and things like that will all you know play at Reading. You'll always expect them to play at Reading. So it's quite a lot of competition there. Um, and we got to see some fun people backstage. We saw was that when we saw Heim? Oh, that was at Leeds, which is like the partner yeah. the festival of it. We want to offer our special thanks to Aluna and George for taking the time out to speak with us prior to their elaborately powerful set. 
And a special thanks to Stephanie Weiss for arranging the interview. Little Francis and George Reed, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Hope, hope it was painless. This is how we do it. We must also thank their tour manager, Johnny, for helping us out on site and for the lovely impersonation of Stevie Janowski from Eastbound and Down. Hope you're enjoying the new season, Johnny. Thanks also must go to U Street Music Hall and Ken for accommodating us yet again, the lovely folks over at MSOPR, and to Monica for just being awesome. You can buy Aluna George's album Body Music at alunageorge.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Aluna George. Aluna George is still hitting the streets hard, now spreading their melodic cheer down under. On October 5th, they're at the Listen Out Festival in Melbourne, followed the next day at Listen Out Brisbane. Then, they'll return to their native United Kingdom on the 12th of October to perform in Norwich at the venue known as Waterfront. Madcap is produced by Dan Bloom, David Ross, and Afim Shapiro. This is how we do it. MadcapDC.org, on Twitter, Facebook, and the Stitcher app, at MadcapDC.